really excited to have my next speaker on and the next interviewee. Um, I've known Don virtually for quite some time. It's been great. I actually met Don through um, Rob Polecki, who I had on earlier uh, in the podcast. Um, phenomenal story. Just give you some quick background of on Don and why he's just going to be powerhouse today. Um, Don went from being, you know, $50,000 in debt, no hope, uh, started uh, staring down bankruptcy. It was his only, only way out. And then from that, he's flipped the script to where now he's, you know, worth over a million dollars uh, and should reach, reach his financial independency in the very, very near future, all from starting investing in real estate about four and a half years ago when he was 40 years old, ladies and gentlemen, that is that is fantastic. So those of you out there that think oh, I'm too old, I'm, I'm can't never, I can't make it, I won't make it. Don is here to change that mindset, and that's why we're so happy to have Don on today. Don, thank you for for coming and being a part of this project. Um, if you could take, you know, five to seven minutes, uh, tell a little bit of everybody about kind of who you are, where you came from, um, your background, and obviously uh, your why. Yeah, yeah. Thanks again. Thank you for having me, Cameron. Uh, and yeah, like you said, it's it's never too late, you know. Um, so, well, basic background, I guess. So going, going way back, um, you know, I come from a, a line of, uh, you know, military heroes, essentially. My, my dad was a Vietnam vet. Um, both my grandparents, my grandfather, should say, uh, fought in World War II on, you know, Omaha Beach, in Normandy on D-Day. Um, so I came from this, this line of these, these great, uh, you know, start men uh, to give you examples of, of, you know, how to be. Um, I did not follow in their footsteps. I did not go in the military. Uh, but, uh, you know, we moved around a lot when I was little, you know, being a military kid, um, we transferred frequently, uh, born on a military base even, but, um, with all those transfers between, you know, Idaho, California, Georgia, we ended up being in Nebraska where my dad finally retired from the military. That's kind of where I grew up just around, uh, Omaha, Nebraska, a small town north of there called Blair. Um, spent my, my childhood there, I guess. And, and uh, you know, I'll say young adulthood. Um, <clears throat> I got my first job when I was 14. Um, my, my parents, you know, were never, let's say never wealthy. You know, they, my, my dad had a, a, you know, just a decent job, I guess, but to work at the uh, nuclear power plant, my mom was a secretary. Um, you know, they were, you know, great parents provide for us what we needed, you know, never had anything lavish or anything, but, um, great examples. Uh, but I wanted, you know, I, you know, like most kids, I wanted to have the, the cool stuff that <laughs> my friends had and stuff, but, um, you know, I, I couldn't get them to, to pay for it for me. So, as uh, soon as I was able to, I got a job at 14, uh, working at a local Dairy Queen in town. Um, I made a whopping 325 an hour. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's hard to sometimes think back, like, yeah, I was, I spent yeah. How many hours making that, just 325. <laughs> yeah, exactly. but, uh, but yeah, so, but, you know, the good thing is I was always a saver. I, I never, um, I didn't just go spend my paychecks and, and you know, I, I saved up and uh, was able to buy the, the nicer things. And uh, even, even uh, by the time I was, you know, 16, I, I uh, from the savings, making that small bit of money um i was able to buy a a, a vehicle from each i liked it was uh, actually a lowrider <laughs> got a lowrider chevy blazer uh put some nice stereo in there and uh yeah did all that you know working at dairy queen um <clears throat> but uh you know as a kid again i was always interested in um how things work you know i, I probably should have most likely been an engineer or something but uh, i like to take things apart and figure out how they work and, and put it back together and all that um and that even include money you know so i i at a young age, kind of learned self-taught, I guess you'd say, about uh, stocks. Um, I, you know, this is this is pre-internet days, you know, so early '90s. You know, I'd be looking at the newspaper, see what the stock prices have changed from the day before, and kind of followed those a bit, and, and did some uh, some you know mock uh, investing uh, games, I guess, whatever. 
um, whatever they did back then. I don't know how they did it without internet, but uh, uh, I did that and, and uh, did pretty good usually. So so I kind of you know followed that path a bit. Um, and then uh, you know a bit later on, as I got older, um, you know I, I made a decision that uh, you know probably most people at that age wouldn't do. I uh, you know at, at the age of 21, when most people are out partying and, and uh, having fun. I decided uh, to serve a mission for my church, so I, I actually did that and uh, spent two years in Argentina, um, and that was you know a fantastic time for me, and it definitely helped me uh, develop quite a bit and and uh, you know change my perspective on on things in life and uh, the things we had. Um, but I came back and got back into into the routine of things. You know, I started school. Um, you know, this well, actually I started school before that actually, but uh, but continued continued school, I should say, um, continuing a business degree, but. Uh, yeah, at this time I, I'd gotten a job working at the, uh, uh, a rent-to-own store there, and uh, I was making thirteen dollars an hour now, so you know, doing much better than than the three twenty-five. But uh, I think that was the most money I'd made in my life at that point. But uh, uh, you know, it, it was I was going to school um, in the mornings and doing that at night, and uh, and then I got married. And uh, when I got married, I for a reason made the decision, decided that uh, you know I needed to make more income. Um, <laughs> I had a wife to support now, so I was like, you know, I need to uh, have more income. So I took a, a promotion at work, um, which took away my time for school. So I was now working, you know, four or 50, 55 hours a week. Um, so school was pretty much impossible. So and I <clears throat> you know, later regretted that, but uh, um, eventually at some point, uh, you know, the way things worked out after, after several years working there, um, I actually got fired. I lost that job. Uh, which was a good thing, I guess. In, in the end, it was a blessing, but because uh, otherwise, I probably would have never left. But um, ended up leaving there, getting a, a different job. Uh, this time, working at a, uh, a financial firm. Um, it's actually at this point, but by the time I'd moved up that that, uh, that promotion I had there as a manager, this was actually a cut in pay to go to this other job. But um, but it allowed time to go to school, and they offered tuition reimbursement. So uh, so I definitely took that and, and uh, finished school with a, a degree in finance banking, uh, investment science, portfolio management, and, and accounting. So essentially four, four majors uh, all around finance and investing. And I'd planned to continue in that path to become like a financial advisor for a manager, you know, something in that path. Um, but by the time I'd finished school, because I was going part-time, you know, through this, because we had at this point uh, three kids and, um, you know, it was difficult to, to try to go full-time for sure. Mm -hmm. So by the time I got done, it was in 2008. And uh, if you those that remember 2008, um, the financial crisis. Yep. There were no jobs, you know, in, in that realm. All the, uh, the places where I would have wanted to work were all closing down, going out of business, laying people off. You know, so I was like, "Well, that's not going to happen." <laughs> so uh, I, I decided to stay where I was at. For at least I had a, a job; it was secure. Uh, I wasn't, wasn't going to be the new guy somewhere and get personally get laid off. Um, so I kind of just continued there. And again, there was, there was, uh, you know, as I looked for jobs, there was really nothing. The only thing close to finance related was accounting jobs. Um, that's actually when I went to go back to school and get that accounting degree to add on because I was like, well, maybe I'll just go get a CPA instead. Um, so I, I planned to do that. Uh, and the ultimate goal, so, so during this whole time, this is when we we're still living in Omaha, Nebraska. Um, we knew that at some point we wanted to move to Idaho. Uh, my, my father had passed away in 2003, and my mother had, had moved back to Idaho um, shortly after just to be close to her parents. Um, but she herself you know, had, had MS. Uh, so we knew that at some point she was going to need more help. So we wanted to be close to her. Um, so I was trying to figure out a way how, how we could get out there. Um, you know, we needed money to, to support ourselves out there. Mm -hmm. um, so, so with all this, um, you know, again, <laughs> trying to study for the, the CFA exams and the CPA exams were, were very rigorous. Lots, lots, lots of time needed for that. 
And I was not willing to sacrifice um, my family time more than I had to, to, to be able to do that. I, I knew some people that, um, you know, a guy that I know that uh, said that he lost his first marriage because he was studying for the CFA, the CFA exam. You know, it took so much time that his wife was like, oh, I'm not having this. So I was like, well, I don't want that. You know, so, so uh, I was kind of just more or less gave up. I was like, you know, I don't want to, I don't know if I can do this. So I just was like, I'll, I'll just be satisfied with what I have and, and go from there and see what happens. Um, well, it got to the point in, I think, 2014, um, where, you know, my mother was no longer able to travel. So she, you know, she would usually come back to visit us whenever time when we had a, a child born or on a first birthday or something, some important event. Right. Um, and it got to the point where she was no longer able to do that. That's when we were like, okay, we need to get there now. You know, so, so um, you know, we, of course, thought about it. We, we, we prayed about it and we did felt that we needed to, to move. Um, so I approached my employer and I said, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm moving to Idaho. <laughs> I didn't ask if I could or anything. I was like, I'm just, I'm moving, you know, let them know, yeah. um, you know, if they have let me go, whatever, it's fine. I, I figured if, if, if this is where right. we're supposed to go, things will work out, you know, more than yep. um, but luckily for me, they offered to let me work from home, you know? So I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll gladly do that. <laughs> you know? So, um, so I started working from home, you know, a year before we moved here just to get the bugs worked out. Cause this is before the rest of the world is doing it really. Um, and we moved here to Idaho in 2015. And, uh, you know, just been here since. Um, so, so I'm not sure what point you want to get into uh, the real estate and stuff, but that's but basically my, my background, what brought us to Idaho. Nice. Nice. So let me ask you this question to me, because I've always, I think it's fascinating. There's a, you know, the big, a good correlation between, you know, kids who are you know, move around a lot or kids who don't move around, but, and then obviously there's these kids who come from military backgrounds, right? They always have, there's always just this very unique intrinsic um, built of just toughness and grit, right? That, that you have. So take us, help me understand a little bit more, Don, about that moving because moving around, I'm obviously out of the country in country. What was that like when you would move out of country and then the having to adapt to that new environment and then yeah. obviously coming back, you know, back to the States and you're like, Whoa, I mean, what was tell, help us understand kind of those cultural shocks and those yeah. changes and then the second question to that would be, who, who did you connect with the most? What did you have? Did you bond a lot with your, your siblings or was it just easy for you to make, uh, you know, make friends? Yeah. So, so I guess moving within the country, I'll start that first as a kid moving within the country. Um, yeah, it was, it was rather difficult. I mean, uh, you know, I was at that point in my life, I was pretty open. You know, I, I, I could make friends pretty easily. Um, I had two sisters, so it was just I was the youngest of, of three, so I had two other sisters, um, and yeah, I guess we we somewhat bonded. But uh, I was usually out more, more adventurous myself, so I'd be out the one doing things, and and you know, even at one point when we lived in California, <clears throat> I I don't know how I, I did this or, or you know, kind of crazy crazy thinking about it, but uh, you know, we we took a bus home every day from from school. One day I decided I don't want to take the bus. I'm gonna walk, <laughs> so I walked. I don't know how many miles it was, or you know. I, I, luckily for me, I had memorized the bus route, so I just followed the way the bus drives and uh, I got home. <laughs> my parents were worried sick by the time I got there. Like, <laughs> what yeah. happened? But uh, uh, yeah, so so you know, I made friends pretty well in most places. Um, the only place I, I personally did not like so much was Georgia. Um, when we lived there, the the schools were um, a bit more difficult. You know, uh, mm -hmm. it was the only place I think I can I can recall anyway that uh, I would get paddled for not getting my homework done. Um, and uh, I got, I definitely got bullied on the bus quite a bit. Uh, some, some other kids there or, or, you know, bullying me. Um, so that wasn't fun, mm -hmm. but everybody else was a good experience. 
Um, now moving out of the country <clears throat> to go on the mission, that was definitely a, a culture shock, like you said. Um, you know, I, I was, so you, you don't typically think of Argentina necessarily as like a, a third world country or something, which, you know, it's not, I guess, generally, but uh, I was in the, the northeastern section of the country, um, kind of bordering Brazil and Paraguay and Uruguay. Um, and there were a lot of areas where it was kind of out in, outside of the big cities, you know, and so, so Buenos Aires, of course, by itself is, is a huge city, which is not too much different than, than anywhere in the U.S., but um, most of these other places kind of out in the country are, are very, very different, uh, very humble people. Um, so yeah, getting there was definitely a, a, a culture shock to begin with, um, seeing real poverty firsthand. Um, you know, of course, you, you see things on TV, but until you see it in person, it's totally different. Um, and so, you know, we, we go to these places that are basically, you know, shacks, um, you know, put together somehow and just kind of <laughs> leaning together and, you know, dirt floors. And um, remember that the one of the, I think the first day I was there, um, we, we went to a visit a family and these couple little kids were <clears throat> just chewing on some raw meat. And I'm like, wow, it's <laughs> like, that's, that seems sanitary, but <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, it, it was just a, a, a I don't know. It was definitely difficult to, to adjust a bit for sure. Um, mm -hmm. But after a while it became normal. You know, it, it was just a, that was, that was normal for me. And so it, it was, um, yeah. didn't really notice anymore. Then when I came home, it was another huge culture shock <laughs> going the reverse way. You know, I, I'd forgotten how people lived here and, and, uh, you know, come home and say like, everybody's driving new cars and, you know, all this stuff. And I'm like, wow, people just have no idea how, how much they take for granted not realizing how good we have it here and you know i remember one of the one of the people i met down there the one of the things he had mentioned he, he and it always stuck with me he says even our 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 poor here in the u.s are still rich compared to them you know we have you know government subsidies and things to help take care of the the, the needy uh whereas they generally don't have that you know it's a lot of mm -hmm. you know corrupt government and and um things just don't they don't have the resources for so it's um it's Quite a bit different for sure but uh, but i was glad to have the experience myself but uh, like i said put things in perspective for me um and it's been since then it's been actually one of my dreams to to get to a point someday where i can do something to help the people down there um mm -hmm. you know whether that be i don't know building a factory or do some, something to create jobs that, that can pay them a real wage you know there's a guy that we knew there who was taking care of his family he'd, he'd work long days and only make enough to buy a, a loaf of bread to feed his family um hey. so, so, yeah. Man, talk, yeah, talk about, you know, talk about that shock of going from, you know, you know, plentiful to nothing and then back to plentiful. You, you know, it, it, it definitely can open up the eyes of many, especially, you know, you go from, you know, California to Georgia. I mean, that's a culture shock as is, you know, West yeah. Coast, almost to the East Coast, if you will. Uh, and then go, now we're heading South to just a, a mixture of, of cultures, right? A mixture of cultures um, that, it you, you not a lot of people experience so you know only only those that can move around are relating like man i yeah i i remember what that was like moving i don't personally i mean i we didn't move a lot when i was a kid so you know which i think is very fascinating the the other question i have is when did when did when did you realize as, as a child you said you, you saved a lot right when from mm -hmm. 12 years old to 14 you bought your first lowrider which i think is fantastic would love to see a picture of the lowrider so what what instilled in you at a young age to save what instilled in you at a young age to be able to look at that and say do i spend it on this or do i spend it on that did that come from 
Did that teaching come from your parents? Was that something that was built in? I mean, help us understand kind of where that mindset of, of saving and spending smart and not just spending to spend. Right. You know, I don't really know, honestly. Um, you know, the, the, the early memories I have about money really was playing Monopoly with my family. <laughs> you know, we'd play the game of Monopoly and uh, I would usually always win. I, I, so, so I had this, I guess, uh, a knack for, for, you know, being smart with business, I guess. But, um, you know, I'm sure there were some teachers from my parents and nothing I can really truly recall that, that they said this and this and this, but um, I'm sure my, my, my mother probably taught me about, uh, you know, not getting into debt and, and, and saving and uh, spending wisely. So, um, yeah, some, somewhere it came in there. I don't, can't really say for sure where, you know, mm-hmm. but, uh, but I'm glad I did. You know, I, I saw my, saw my older sister, um, she got a job when I think she was 16. Uh, and she was kind of the opposite. She she would she would spend every paycheck she got. So she'd go buy. You know, of course, it's, you know, early nineties. She'd buy cassette tapes, not not CDs as before CDs. <laughs> but she'd go and spend you know her money on on, on you know music and, and clothes and, and stuff and be broke all the time. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it got to a point later on when she uh, later was looking to buy a new vehicle and didn't have the money for even for the, for the down payment. And I was like, well, I can lend it to you. <laughs> you know, I didn't have a vehicle yet. I, you know, I was still like, you know, probably 15 or, or late 14, I'm sure. And I was like, yeah, I've got 1500, I can lend you, you know? Um, whereas like, you know, she made more than me, worked a lot more than me, but you know, I had the the, the money saved up because I wasn't just wasting it. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I preferred to, I did, you know, not say I didn't spend it. You know, I spent it on, on, on nice things, but I'd save up and, and spend it, those specific things. Like I bought, you know, a, a nice, you know, home stereo from a room. Um, and then, you know, some nicer clothes and then, then that, uh, you know, the vehicle and the stereo and everything. So I, I had my things I would, would spend on, but they were usually these more expensive things, but, um, but I was just frivolously spending on whatever came around, you know? Hey, that's awesome. I mean, you think about that, like somewhere deep, I mean, it's amazing. You were able to spend, you know, say $1,500 when you're only getting paid just over $3 an hour, you know? <laughs> Right. <laughs> I mean, kids these days, they have, they have no idea what that was like, you know, three, you know, three bucks an hour. They make that and sometimes almost an hour. Yeah. You know, yeah exactly. My, my kids now are making like $13 an hour. Exactly. Exactly. So as you transition from like the childhood now to an adult, I just have that question. Like, are you, are you teaching and instilling financial principles to your children, mm-hmm. you know, and teaching them the value of a dollar and the value of working or, you know, how have you learned from, you know, what the childhood to where you are now? And are you, are you passing that knowledge on to your own kids? Yeah, I'm definitely trying to, you know, they, you know, they're, they're still at the age where it's kind of like, you know, they, they, they're, they're getting it, but it's not quite, you know, enough to care to yet, you know, so, mm-hmm. but, uh, but I know it's not in one year, not the other, because they are, they are paying attention. They, they do, it is getting in there, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely teaching them. Yeah, I, I've, so I've, over the last few years, I've read several books, you know, especially around uh, you know, real estate and, and financial independence and, and personal finance, things like that. So uh, all these things have helped me, you know, become more rounded and understand things even deeper. I've tried to get them to read some of these books. Of course, they don't want to. Um, mm-hmm. It's too, too boring, right? But uh, I, I tried to even say, okay, well, how about you read it, write up like a, you know, half a page report about what was vowed and, and I'll pay you for it. You know, so you get paid to, to read books. Um, still wasn't enough incentive for them to do that. <laughs> You know, I, I even had one of one of the authors of one of the books who was even willing to pay additional to what I was going to pay them to essentially double it or, or more. Right. And I was like, hey, he, the, the author is going to pay you to read his book. <laughs> and uh, this still wasn't enough for them. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it got to a point where I actually decided, OK, you know, I'm just going to write my own book and see if they'll read it. You know, so 
Uh, I actually wrote a book. I've not published it yet, though. <laughs> That's one of my goals this year is to get it published. But I wrote it like in 2018, I think, um, kind of for that purpose. I'm like, hey, maybe, if, maybe if I write it, they'll read, they'll read what I write. So uh, I wrote it and then uh, actually had them read my, my printed copy of it all. Just say, hey, go through this, find errors. Let me, let me know what you want to, what you think about it. You know, get your insight. So I want to make it entertaining because it's basically geared for kids their age. Anyway, it's not, it's not like an adult book. It's more of a teenager, young adult book. Um, so I want to get their insights on it, see if it's, if it's interesting for them. And so, so that kind of forced them to read it, <laughs> you know, so they did read it. Um, but we did have several conversations. You know, like we would usually have um, like weekly, weekly family discussions. We would usually talk about finances and um, especially now that they have jobs, we just told them, okay, you know, you, when you get your, your paycheck, have them split it out. So most of that's going to savings. You'll have a little bit in your checking and that's what you're going to use to spend. But even then spend wise, you don't just go buy whatever you don't need. Um, and so they've been very good about that so far that they, you know, uh, my, my oldest one, she's actually in college now, she's 20. She, so she does spend a little more on other things, but mostly she's still saving most of it. Um, one of the things that, uh, I've taught all of them that they know for sure, something that I wish I knew when we bought our first house, is I told them when you're ready to buy your, your first property, your first home or whatever, um, make sure you do, it's called a house hack, you know, and of course they know what that is, but I'll explain. So what that is be that, um, if you, you buy a property, for example, just a, a single family home, right? Um, essentially what back in our day would call it, just have roommates, you know? So you, you buy the house, you, you, you rent out your rooms to your friends or, or other people, or, or even better buy a duplex, triplex, fourplex, live in one of the units and then rent out the other ones to, to, to tenants. And that way that income from that other rent is usually enough to fully pay for your mortgage, maybe even more. Um, and that way it saves you your biggest expense of your, your housing, you know, instead of spending, you know, now I guess 800 to Twelve hundred or so a month on, on a rent or something, or even a house payment, um, that's paid for you. You're, so you're essentially saving that money while somebody else is still paying down your your loan. Um, so so that they know that no matter what, when that day comes, that that's what they're going to do. Um, and I'm, of course, we'll help them do that and make make a wise decision with it. But um, I want to set them off on the right financial foot to to not get into debt at a young age. Man, man, that's awesome. You know, I I have, I'm going to share this part with my kids because we we you know we do that. You know, our, our, our those that are in we're still living at home, they have jobs, right? And we, and we take the bulk of their paycheck and just dump it right into savings and uh, to watch that dividend pay off, right? And so they look and say, oh, I only have, you know, 50 bucks to spend, right? That's what I can go out and blow money on. But yet I've got all this other reserve that they don't actually ever touch. Yeah. And we, it, we open that up to when they need to do like big things, you know, the, the, the sports have come up and so I got to buy, you know, softball equipment got to get stuff for rugby and soccer and they have the means and there's something about there's something about when your kids spend money that they've earned on things that they need yeah. man all of a sudden man they take care of that you know they're taking care of that like crazy that nobody touches it don't touch mine because <laughs> i saved my hard-earned money for this and i think yeah man that is so cool to know that uh, we're we're not just crazy parents you know trying yeah, to yeah. <laughs> Well, and it also helps them to make wise decisions, you know, so, so when it comes down to say, oh, I want to buy this, you know, it's like, one of my daughters likes doing cosplay stuff. So it's like, I want to buy this, this new wig or this, this outfit. I'm like, all right, well, are you going to buy it? <laughs> you know, she's like, wants me to pay for it. I'm like, well, if you're going to buy it, do you, do you really need that badly? So it makes them, eh, maybe I don't need it. <laughs> you know, so it makes them make, think, take them to think about what they're about to spend money on to see if they actually really want it, you know? And of course, with them too, my youngest is 10. Even with him, I try to teach him about the opportunity cost. You know, he, he likes to spend, you know, he likes to play, you know, games like Roblox and things here where you have to buy things in the game, you know? So I'm like, okay, well, for your, for your, you know, allowance or your, your, your uh, what you call it, 
um, whatever he has paid this week for, for being good and stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, you can, you can spend your $5 now on a Roblox thing, or you can, you can wait and save that. And, you know, maybe in two or three weeks, buy something better. That's the more expensive thing. You know, that when that way you're, you're getting the, the cool things you really want instead of just buying whatever you got now, because you got money to spend, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, so it's a good teaching about these opportunity costs of, of you know, you, you spend it now and you don't have it, or you can save it and wait and, and get something better down the road. Yeah. No, I think that's beautiful because even as they grow up, you know, even now, you know, it's one of those things we can, anybody can learn, right? Do I spend now because I can, or do I hold on and say, well, let me get the bigger items. I, what a, yeah. what a fun game to play even as adults. Like, do I spend this now or do I wait a few weeks so I can buy the bigger and cooler stuff? And I think, yeah. man, such a powerful principle that I think we all need to, um, to, to learn better on just the principle and the, the power behind spending and, and saving, but what doing with an intention and purpose. Yeah. Man, that's awesome. Yeah. Man, definitely, that's you know, awesome. definitely decent more, more so about especially investing, not just saving. Cause even saving is really get your head. Cause you know, especially now with, with the interest rates of banks, you, you really make nothing. <laughs> so you're actually losing money. But uh, uh, you know, I, I teach them about investing investing wisely. I've actually got my, my oldest daughter, um, you know, maybe we'll get this later. We can talk about the real estate stuff, but, uh, I've actually got her investing a little bit of her money with mine in, in some deals so that she can actually see the actual results of it and, and, you know, get the returns in her hands. Like, okay. Yeah. This does pay, you know, so, um, yeah, good to get that, that experience. Of course, she didn't have the money to fully invest in something, but okay, we'll take whatever few you can, you can spend and, and risk like say, you know, of course it's not gonna be risk. I, I'm like my person guarantee is like, you won't lose it in my life. If something goes out, I'll cover it. But I want you to get that experience to see in first firsthand experience that you know you invest a couple thousand and you're going to get you know you're going to double your money here in, in a couple of years you know so um so yeah it's great to get for that experience as well that's awesome that's awesome you know that that's a great that's a great transition into you know the the this part of the question that you know as we everybody probably dying to know let's so let's talk about a little bit about how um th- this how did we get in to the BK facing, right? How did you get into that space of, man, this is the only way out? Because I, I, I'm going to tell you right now that you are probably, uh, there's probably thousands and hundreds of thousands of people that were seeing that are, that were, are, or might be thinking, man, BK is the only way to go right now. I mean, it's just the only thing that I have. So help us, yeah. you know, take us through that, you know, what was that process and why did we think that? And then how did we get out of that process? Sure. Yeah, so so going back, you know, being that I was always a saver, it seems seems strange that you get to that point, right? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, when I was still single and like I said, working at that rent to own place, um, making good money, I was able to save up a good amount of money still at, at that. You know, I lived cheap. I had a, a apartment. I think I paid like four hundred dollars a month, and um, my only other expense was, you know, I, I I splurged and bought a new car. I never had a new car in my life, so I bought a new car. But even then, it was like you know, two hundred fifty dollars a month payment at that point. Um, so, so between the money I was making to the, the low rent and that carpet, it was like, yeah, that's, that's not, I can handle that, you know? And, and of course I, I appreciate like nothing, like a, a typical uh, single guy, you know, had like sandwiches and, and frozen pizzas. But, um, but uh, when I got married, my, my wife was actually from South America. She's from, from Paraguay. Um, and so initially there were some expenses involved with that, you know, that to, for immigration and, and things we had to pay for, which wasn't too bad really overall. Um, and so we're still, you know, overall, I'm still doing good. We we're still saving and, and no problem. Uh, most until later on, I guess, probably when uh, we start to have kids and, and just, uh, you know, other expenses <laughs> came in with that, you know, hospital bills and, and uh, you know, baby formula and, and all that kind of thing. Um, 
you know, our, our oldest daughter actually, she, she had to have a surgery when she was five months old. So that, you know, brought in some, some expenses and, um, but, uh, you know, it's, I can't, I can't even really go back to pinpoint if there was a specific point where it started at all, but, um, just over time, slowly, uh, things began to creep up. Um, you know, these, just these mostly medical bills and others, general living expenses, you know, um, mm -hmm. we weren't, again, we weren't living there actually, we're still most of yeah, I guess by this point, I guess by, by the time our, our first one was born, uh, we actually bought a house. So, so I did buy a house. Um, this was uh, 2003, I guess. Um, but uh, we didn't, you know, this was, of course, back when banks were throwing money at people. So we didn't go and take, you know, they were like, what proof you for 500,000? I was like, yeah, we're not right. doing that. <laughs> it's like, yeah. no, I can't afford that. So I'm not going to be stupid. You know, so I, I was still smart. We bought what we could afford to pay and uh, didn't, didn't overdo it. But of course, didn't know about a house act. I would have did that for sure if I'd known about it. But but, uh, you know, so, so it wasn't that difficult still at that point, you know, where our home payment wasn't, wasn't bad. Um, but uh, just, you know, as we had more kids, uh, more expenses kind of come up. Um, myself, I had, I had a kidney stone or maybe two at that point. Uh, those, of course, incurred hospital bills to, <laughs> for, for different things, those exams and, and x-rays. And, and I had to have one actually physically removed. Um, and, uh, you know, our, our, our kids, you know, just general things, you know, to get injuries, uh, our, our youngest one. Or not, not the youngest now, but that youngest, our youngest of the three at that point. Um, she had got pneumonia, broke her arm, uh, broke her toe. So, you know, all these different medical bills just kind of kept piling up. Um, and, uh, you know, I think along the way, somewhere in the week, we tried to uh, start a business as well. Um, my, you know, something my wife is going to do. Um, that, you know, brought a bunch of expenses with it as well, which unfortunately ended up, you know, I think being a big part of it because I think even at this point we had some, some savings still, you know, not a lot, but something. Um, and then kind of all that essentially got wiped out to, to pay, try to pay those bills and, and not let that debt pile up. Yeah. Um, and this was, of course, right, right around that 2008 time frame when um, bad time to start a business, <laughs> you know. Uh, and so it was, it was just very difficult. Um, and so just, you know, from there, it was just basically, you know, trying to, to just feed the family. We do our grocery shopping and it's like, you know, the, the grocery bills would be more than I've gotten in the bank accounts. I'm like, well, we got to put in the credit card, you know, how else are we going to pay for it? You know, again, yeah. we're not like buying steaks and, and, you know, all the expensive stuff was just, you know, basic living food, you know, my, my wife wasn't willing to let the kids starve. So she's like, well, they got to eat, you know, they got to eat something. They can't just have, uh, you know, macaroni and cheese all the time. So, um, so, okay, yeah, I guess, you know, so, so, you know, we do these grocery shopping and, and put on the credit card, you know, then put the, the gas on the credit card and, you know, everything we could on the credit card. And then each month that roll around the time to pay, I'm like, well, don't have enough to pay at all. So we just have to pay off what we can. And that, that's, that just kind of slowly builds up over time. Um, and that's really what, you know, got to the point. It was just, man, this is, there's just, you know, nowhere in, no way out, you know? So um, I thought about, okay, I could go get a second job, you know, work, work more, but, but, uh, you know, again, didn't, didn't really want to do that. You know, I was like, what's the point of that? But my family never see me. You know, my kids won't even know who I am. Um, of course, my wife didn't want that either. So, so we we're like, you know, we'll just keep pushing forward and, and see what happens, you know, and, um, you know, my, there was a, there's a point when we were, okay, my, my wife could go get a job, but at the same time, you know, she'd always been a stay-at-home mom for, for our kids, and it's like, you know, so what'd be the point of that? So you go get a job, and that job pays for daycare, so somebody else is raising our kids. Yeah, that's, what's the point, you know? Right. Um, so, so we decided against that, um, and so, uh, so yeah, we just kept pushing forward doing that, and, uh, you know, it wasn't until our, our, at that point, our, our youngest of the three started kindergarten. So she was like, okay, well, you know, so now she needed something to do. But again, we didn't want to have a, a job where um, that, you know, if the kids are sick or, or especially during summer, it's like, what do we do with the kids? You know, if we get pay for daycare or pay for a babysitter. And it's like, well, that'd be more expense. We don't want to pay. 
Um, so we looked at options of, of what she could possibly do that that's flexible in that degree. And somehow, I don't even know how, but uh, for me, the, the thought came to mind about uh, being a, a realtor, uh, you know, real estate agent. So, so I was like, what do you think about that? And so um, she looked into it and she, 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 she's kind of opposite of me. She really enjoys talking to people and helping people. Not that, you know, not that I don't like helping people, but I was much more of an introvert. I'm not, it was never very open just to start talking to people, especially strangers, you know? So, um, but for her, she, she enjoyed that. So, so she liked it and said, like, okay, yeah. Um, and again, she, she's from South America. So English was not her first language. Um, still basically learning English really at that point. And um, so she studied, uh, took the exams, failed it the first time, took it again. Uh, I think failed it again the second time. Uh, took again, like the third or fourth time she finally passed it. So uh, the, the good thing is by this point, she was she was studying so hard. She she knew the material better than anybody else. What she just didn't understand was the, the language barrier. She, she couldn't take the test yeah. in Spanish. So she had to do it in English and the words were sometimes you know difficult. Um, but uh, but she passed. And so, um, so that was a, a start there. Was, okay, well now we can maybe start having some additional income through, through what she does there. Um, but of course she, she was not also necessarily looking to do it full-time. So she would, um, she's, the whole plan was to do it part-time as she had time because she still had to get the kids ready in the morning to get them to school and, and take them to school and pick them up and all that stuff. So, um, so she would do it kind of part-time. Uh, and, uh, so started slow, but, but, uh, at some point she started working with some, some investors. Um, one of her first clients was a, a friend of ours. Uh, he was actually a lawyer and he was, he was buying a bunch of properties in cash. Um, this was, you know, around 2010 or so. So the houses were still super cheap, but uh, you know he he of course being a, he has a law firm, he had a business line of credit. So he would use 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 his line of credit to buy them in in cash, fix them up, refinance them later to, to pay back that that line of credit. Um, so something today is called the deburr process. You know, just buy re buy rehab rent refinance repeat. Um, for me that was just you know amazing he was able to do that. I was like that, that's cool, but I didn't have the cash to do that. <laughs> Where am I going to get the funds? You know. Um, so at that point, I, I, even back then. You know, I had, well, I guess even the 2008 crash, I, I was like, man, it'd be great to buy houses right now, but I was like, I have no idea how to do this and, and mm -hmm. uh, or, or how I can do it. And um, on top of that, you know, for whatever reason at the time, I didn't even think about renting the house. I was like, I just could buy it and sit on it for a few years and, and resell it. But I was like, you know, how can I make that payment? <laughs> but uh, so I didn't understand even renting them. You know, I was like, I didn't think about, you know, your tenant pays it. <laughs> but uh, uh, anyway, so, so, so I had the mindset that, you know, real estate was for the, the rich and wealthy. They're, they're the ones that play in that game, not, not me. Um, but I was like, you know, maybe there's a way. So, so um, kind of by accident, I guess, my, my wife, uh, her broker told her to, to read a book called The Million, nah, I can't, <laughs> Millionaire Real Estate Agent uh, by Gary Keller. So I would go online to, to look for that book to, to buy for her. And uh, as I did that, I, I found another one called The Millionaire Real Estate Investor. And so I was like, yeah, that sounds interesting. So I we hadn't got them both, you know, so um, she had the one to read. And then I'd always go with her when she did uh, showings for houses. I'd go with her to, uh, you know, basically more than anything, be there like security, I guess, to not have her be alone. And um, so I would sit in the car and, and, and read that book while she was showing a house. Um, and so, so from that was kind of my, my first really experience or understanding about real estate as an as a investment, you know, and, and a, a form of income. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, but still, for me, the, the the downside was okay. When I read this book, it said you know you need twenty percent down payment to, to to buy these houses. And I was like, hmm, well, I don't have that either. <laughs> you know, so, so how am I going to do this? Um, but uh, of course, I, I know that there's I was like there's got to be a way. Um, but I just didn't know what it was just yet. So again, fast forward now to so so like I mentioned earlier, we decided to move to Idaho. So kind of at this point, I, I put all that on hold. 
Um, I was like, even if we did end up getting a property there, I didn't want to, you know, move and, and have a property long distance. And, you know, I didn't right. know how right. to do that or handle that. Um, so I was like, let's just wait. So we moved to Idaho in 2015. And then uh, about a year later, I got back into it. Um, just kind of one, honestly, kind of by accident again. And some of these may, might just be fate or, or had to be or whatever. But um, I, I generally don't watch much TV, you know, never really do, never have. Uh, I like being busy and doing things, you know, so I'm not just mm-hmm. sitting down watching TV shows. Right. Uh, well, there was one day I sat down for just for like a minute just because I like, okay, I need to just relax for a second. So I sat down, turned the TV, and like right there was a commercial for this you know, one of these like guru type seminars coming through town talking about, uh, you know, making money in real estate. So like, huh, that sounds interesting. He's like, let's go check that out. You know, so we went to their their, their free event, you know, uh, which of course they, they upsell you on their thing later. But uh, we went to this event and I was like, yeah, this is pretty cool. Um, I like what they're saying. Um, it was more about house flipping though, which, which, you know, in where we're, this market we're in in Idaho Falls, at least at that point, again, uh, 2016, I was like, there's not a lot of houses here to flip, right? <laughs> there's not yeah. much you made. So, so I don't have like a big inventory even to choose from. So it'd be hard to, hard to really make that work with, especially with the cost they wanted for their program. But, uh, but I was like, just that they had like a, you know, this was, again, it was the, the free one day event that they say, Hey, come back for a two day event. Uh, it's like a hundred dollars. Come back to this. I'm like, all right, let's, let's do that. Let's go back to this two day event and learn more. Uh, so we did that. And then, uh, of course this is then where they sell you on their $50,000 program. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> well, I can't buy that for sure. You know, but, um, uh, at this event, I met a guy that introduced me to a, a website called biggerpockets.com, um, mm-hmm. which I'd never heard of before. And, uh, so I went on there and, and just was like, just amazed. I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. You know, there's, uh, there's podcasts, webinars, uh, calculators, uh, forums to ask questions and everything. So um, I was like, this is awesome. So 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 I didn't pay their fifty thousand dollar program, but I came back and, and looked at bigger pockets and I played with the calculators and I was like, this is this is amazing. And so I, I you know signed up initially with the free membership and then quickly paid for their pro membership just because just to have access to those calculators like unlimited use. I was like, that alone was worth that cost for the pro membership. And so uh, I was just on there every day, you know, running numbers, testing out. Uh, you know, scenarios for anything that mm-hmm. came up. Uh, and then on top of that, listening to the podcast. So, so if you call, I was, I was working from home at this point. Um, every day while I was working from home, I would usually just have music playing, um, not really doing anything else. And then one day it occurred to me, I was like, I could listen to the podcast while I work, you know? So, so I started going back and I was like, you know, went to the very first one, podcast number one, and, and just went through them every single one uh, while I'm listening, you know, and, and working. Uh, so I'm learning all this along the way. This was now by this point, uh, you know, early 2017, like January 2017, um, or, you know, late 2016, even, I guess. And uh, um, so w- with that, you know, there was uh, in, in, right around that time in January, they did like a, a 90 day challenge. They said, okay, you're going to take this 90 day challenge to uh, find your, your first or your next property. And I was like, okay, that, let's, let's do this. And uh, so I started, you know, researching, you know, every day, of course, we check the MLS with my wife, and then I check everything else like Craigslist or, or you know, anything else I can think of to, to find something. And uh, along the way with this, by the way, so, so I learned through those forums on bigger pockets, I, I found out about a local lender here in Idaho that uh, does 10% down payments on investment property. So no longer that 20%, I do 10%. And I also learned about some creative financing methods, which I never even thought about before. You know, so again, I didn't have any savings. So I was like, still didn't know how am I going to come even at 10% down payment. But, uh, but I realized that I had access to funds I didn't even think about. Um, so that whole time I've been working, uh, you know, even though I wasn't really getting, not really making a lot of money, um, I, I 
consistently you know paid into my 401k to get the company match uh, and so that again wasn't the, like a, a large sum or anything but there was nothing there that i could borrow from it and so so i found out okay i can actually take a loan for myself for my 401k uh for that down payment <clears throat> and for most people that'd be like you know ridiculous you don't touch your retirement accounts that's the kind of traditional sense of things like that's right, your retirement right. you leave it alone <laughs> you know um, which, which for the most part, I agree. I was like, yeah, you don't take it to go buy a motorcycle or a boat or whatever. But uh, I was taking it out to to invest it into something that would create even a, a higher return, uh-huh. or at least so I, I hoped anyway. Um, so so that's what I did. So I take that 90 day challenge. And, my, and by this point, my, my birthday is in March. It's okay. So January, 90 days. I want, it's like, I got to find something by my birthday. That's my goal. And so uh, we did that. Um, and, you know, it, it, did, it took until actually in March when I found this property. So, so I, we'd, I made a couple offers on some other ones away, but they, they got rejected. Mm-hmm. Um, this one came up, I actually found it on Craigslist. It was a, a fourplex, uh, not too far from where it's like 45 minutes f- from where I'm at. So not, not too far away. Um, and we went and looked at it. It was, it's a fairly newer building built in the late nineties. So, so uh, it wasn't, you know, old wiring and plumbing and stuff to worry about. Um, and, uh, you know, it, the price was great. The, the numbers worked out well. Um, so we're like, okay, let's 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 do this, you know. <laughs> so uh, get everything in place, talk to the local lender, which you know, honestly, I was surprised they approved me for a loan um, with with all the debt we had. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, the the I guess the income from the property was enough to to offset it, and um, so so again, using that ten percent down payment borrowed from my four hundred one k, that pretty much covered most of it. I, I did borrow uh, such a so this was right after, of course, the tax returns. So we did have a little bit of tax return money. Uh, and back in 2008, you know, I, after I finished my, my education, I actually at least did buy some stocks, you know, I didn't, didn't have a whole lot of money, but okay, this, I got to at least buy a little bit. <laughs> this is what my yeah. education is about, you know, so I, so I bought some stocks at that point, which was, of course, really great because they were all on sale at that point. Um, and so some of those that had done pretty well. So I, so I sold some of those stocks, uh, took my 401k and took some tax return money and used that for this down payment of about 26,000. Um, so, so I think those numbers, there's a fourplex for about 270,000 ish. Uh, which is right now is unheard of, <laughs> but uh, um, so we took we took the plunge. Now the funny thing is like th- this was still scary, you know. So we'd never done this before. Didn't really know what we we're doing because I I'd educated myself enough as I possibly could mm-hmm. uh, through the podcast, webinars, reading books. Um, but it's still still a scary step. You know, there's a lot of risk involved. It's like especially at this point, we had no financial security. If if this would just go completely wrong and, and blow up in our face, we'd be we'd be definitely filing for bankruptcy. Um, but, uh, but, uh, it's like, you know, f- from my perspective, you know, prior to this, going back to, I guess your question about, about staring the bankruptcy in the face, you know, it, it literally gotten to a point where, you know, prior to this, I was, I was literally like just depressed and, and stressed out. You know, I wanted to provide for my family, but I felt like a failure as a, a husband and father. I'm like, I can't give the things my kids need. You know, didn't want to, we could do, you know, one of my daughters was, you know, in band and, and wanted to continue playing band, but it's like, we can't afford to pay for the instrument, you know? Um, and so that, so it was difficult. So it made me feel, feel, uh, I was like, there's gotta, I gotta do something, you know, you gotta figure out a way to make a change. <clears throat> so, uh, so I was like, I gotta take the risk. It's like, what, what are we going to lose? You know, at this point we're almost at bankruptcy anyway. So, so if it fails, <laughs> it just speeds up the process, I guess, you know, but if it works out, then this is, this is possibly a, a solution. Um, so, so, you know, literally the night before closing, you know, I even asked my wife, I was like, should, should we back out? You know, we lose our deposit, but, you know, you know, maybe it's not worth taking the risk, you know, but, but luckily she was, 
she was strong and, and uh, she's like, yeah, let's do it. You know, we can't back out. And, and me personally, I, I trusted the numbers again. My, I was my, I'm a numbers guy. So if my numbers worked. I'm like, so I uh, went back to that. I was like, yeah, my, my numbers are good. So I, I got to trust in that, that this will work. Um, and so, so we did it. So we, we closed on it and it's like literally like just, just that breaking through that fear was, was the, you know, the, the starting point of it all really. So like literally the, the next day I was ready to buy another one, you know? So <laughs> Getting over that fear was the, the biggest step, um, and and luckily that's that's it's just been tremendous since then. Gosh, stop it! Holy freaking hell! Just you guys, I mean, this. Those of you who are listening on, you know, if you're listening on the streaming service, you know, Apple, um, Spotify, you, you need to go to YouTube and, and watch and just see the emotion of Don just recounting, you know, that whole process. I mean, look, everybody, I, not everybody's been in that situation, but we've all been in the position where we just want to provide. We want to be, you, you weren't going out and blowing money on just frivolous stuff. You had a string of bad luck, right? We call it bad luck, medical yeah. bills. And this came up and that came up and all right, we'll try this. And we, we cut, you probably cut back on spending on, you know, going out to eat and going out, you know, going out on simple dates because you had to pay for the, all these medical bills that just never seemed like it would stop. And, and guys, listen, this wasn't like one or two months, three months. This is probably, you know, a good, good stretch of, you know, maybe a couple longer months, maybe into a year. But you think about all that debt piling up, all those expenses that piled up and that weight that comes on. But one thing that you say was imp just impactful was everything lined up and it made sense. And getting over the fear, giving, getting over that fear of just doing it, like, and it changed you. It changed, you, you, you closed on it and now you're like, I'm ready to buy another one. You yeah. you did, you went all in on your family, all in on what you had invested in. Your wife had failed four times on that real estate exam. The fifth one she got. Then she's trying to show people who she didn't really speak a lot of English. So you were there for the support. I mean, talk about digging in as a, not only a dad, but as a, as a couple and saying, we've been hit with a lot, but there are other people that were been hit with more. You saw it because you were you went down to Argentina. You saw it. And you're like, man, yeah. that 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 mindset of our poverty is nowhere close to what they had. And you've already experienced poverty, so you're probably like subconsciously, man. I mean, if I go poverty up, I've already been there before. It's not. A, it's. I mean, I don't want to go there, but I can. I know that I can survive. Just that whole process of getting where you were to where you are, unbelievable. I mean, I can just think how many people are like man, I would have quit. I mean, you would have just quit. There's no way that you would have taken that leap of faith and, and go all in if you didn't believe in the process and believe the books and the study. I need to make this point also that it was you studied, right? You, you put in the work and studied it and knew from going to an, a free event, then paying $100, which you probably were like, man, we don't have $100, but we're going to pay for the $100. Mm -hmm. You networked with somebody and they told you to go here. Then you found somebody who was a, an invest, angel investor, if you will, a site partner. I'll, I'll put down 10%. You bring the 10%. You made choices way back in 2008 that helped propel you to get to where you are. I mean, guys, that is just, if you, if, if you believe in it so much, you study and research. Now we've got, now we got Google and, and self-help and podcasts and people that are willing to give away free knowledge to those. So they're saying, learn from my experience. Man, Don, <laughs> that was...
Man, just listening to that, I was like, this is...